Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schuber. Floating around producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network. And we're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information. They've got everything over there. College football, NFL, but also tennis, esports, golf, combat sports, in-game betting, Vegas casino games, you name it. They have it on a super easy-to-navigate website that's available on your desktop or your mobile device. We do have a deal for you. Sign up today. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National String Cheese Day, too. I, I was hoping we were going to go String Cheese Day today. You Very- did not disappoint. Very important follow-up question. Yep. How do you eat the string yep. cheese? Yep. I'm going to get judged here. And there's I, only I one, know how Kyle there, eats it. I guarantee it. Only, I've never seen you eat string cheese, but you are the kind of person that eats it like a carrot. There, oh, do you just bite it? Right, right? You don't peel it, Kyle? No, I do peel it. Oh, really? I, don't I want it to it. last longer. No, I don't peel it. Oh, I'm a peeler. Oh, no, Chris, a, you're the one. Yeah. No, I just bite it. It's just cheese, man. Just eat it. Chris, oh. Chris is out here eating them like they're pinky fingers. Just, <laughs> I don't eat the whole thing. You just take a bite and you mm. you always take two. You always have two cheese sticks with you at all time. Always two pieces of string cheese and you just have two of them. You got to peel it. You want the stringiness. You want to eat it slow. You want to make it last longer. Kyle, yeah. I'm surprised, my guy. I thought you I, were just uh, chomping away. Well, like it's yeah, a because if you grab it, you grab it for convenience, right? But you also grab it because you're hungry. And I am not somebody who sits down and takes an extended period of time to eat my food but if i'm on the go and i eat something as a snack and it's gone in three seconds because i would be the kind of person that in two (laughs) bites the string cheese would be gone Mm -hmm. i want to get a little bit more runway out of it so i'll tear it into like quarters and then you have four smaller string cheese I gotta go more than quarters, guys. It's a it's a a snack. It's not a meal. It's not supposed to last for forty five minutes. Oh, those are goldfish. I have another string string cheese cheese take. You got to give it a, when you pull it out of the fridge, you got to give it a few minutes. Don't eat that thing right away. You got to let it get a little less cold. So that way you can string it. You can peel it a little bit better, but you give it or take it. All right. Did you check the tape on that or like, is that an official thing or for me? Yeah. It's it's the core philosophy of what I do, but it is Chris. You're the explainer of things or Kyle, just anybody but me. Uh, the new Tuesday show here on Draft Dudes. Check the tape. Both gentlemen, just like yesterday, they both had their list of dudes. 
uh, they both watch the film. They both have something that they went and checked the tape on that they want to explore. We're going to do a deep dive into stuff on Tuesday. Could be something college-related. Could be something pro-related. A little bit of a spoiler here. Joe's thing is he's going to talk about the Bengals' offensive line and how much of these sacks are Joe Burrow's fault, how much of these sacks are the offensive line's fault. That kind of stuff we're going to deep dive here on the show. And then on Tuesdays, yes, it is back. Two truths and a lie. We each have put together our list of two truths and a lie to try to stump uh, the other two members of the show. So we'll do that at the end. So again, these longer form shows that we're doing, we're going to get some deep dive stuff. The guys watch the film on some stuff. They're going to explore. We're going to be able to ask questions. And I think the big takeaway that I would have here for the listeners, guys, if there is a topic that you want us to explore, if there's something that is just you're like, hey, I'd love to know more about this. Tweet it at us. If you're in the TDM, TDM Premium Discord, let us know. Give us topic ideas so we can talk about some stuff and do some deep dives here on the show. So let's talk about the Bengals and Joe Burrow getting sacked all the time. This is a big hot button issue. So I checked the tape. I spent this morning watching this Bengals offense against the Dallas Cowboys, and I have some things to say about it. And the first thing that I want to do is really not start with some of my film analysis. I want to give you some analytics that I think are important and and you tie this together with the tape and it makes a lot of sense. But I think the first thing we have to acknowledge with Joe Burrow getting all this pressure and, and getting sacked all the time is that Joe Burrow isn't pressured at an alarming rate. I repeat, Joe Burrow is not pressured at an alarming rate. He is pressured on 30.9% of his dropbacks so far this year. That is 17th in the NFL. The league average for pressure rate is 31.6% of the time. So Joe Burrow is actually pressured less frequently than the average NFL quarterback so far this season. All right, so with that distinguishment out of the way, Joe Burrow is the quarterback in the NFL that is number one in pressure to sack conversion rate. So the amount of times that he's pressured and how often that results in a sack That rate for Joe Burrow is 38.2%. The league average in pressure to sack conversion rate, 18.7. Joe Burrow doubles that, right? He is way above average. And so with those acknowledgments out of the way, I think that's critical, right? Joe Burrow is not pressured at an alarming rate any more than the average quarterback, but his pressure to sack conversion rate is extremely high. So there's a lot lot of uh, different questions that I think come into play here. And we've obviously heard Joe Burrow share some of his thoughts on facing pressure as a quarterback in the NFL and game situations. And I, I guess, Joe, the, the number one question that I have in watching the, the film of this Cincinnati offense is how much of this is Joe Burrow – following through on the things that he talked about at the end of last season where he's he would rather try to take a play take a play and and make something happen and take a sack as compared to conceding the down and how much of this is uh defensive adjustments to how Joe Burrow plays the game of football right because they, they the offensive line is different but the infrastructure and the offense around Joe Burrow is still very much the same. So I studied the entire Bengals offense, but specifically I took notes on all six of the sacks against Dallas. 
And the common theme that I was able to take away from taking notes on all six sacks and trying to find out why they happened. I think it really comes down to poor pocket manipulation by Joe Burrow. A lack of willingness to get his eyes to his checkdowns and a lack of sense for the rush. And I think he's got to do a better job of sensing pressure, understanding where the difference makers are. Micah Parsons affected that football game due in part to a lack of awareness from Joe Burrow as to where he was. And yeah, Micah Parsons won some battles up front, but it they didn't have a that much complimentary pressure, right? Like Joe Burrow was stepping into sacks. He was not avoiding pressure by going the right direction. And moreover, his, his eyes weren't where his answers are. I mean, there were just instances where he said no to the check down when he's under pressure and gets sacked. And so I came away somewhat disappointed because I, I expected to watch this and say they're going five-man protection and they can't win up front and there's there's no built-in answers. There's no hot routes. There's no checkdowns. And I didn't get that at all. I didn't get that at all. I feel like a lot of this is back on Joe Burrow. So, Joe, let me, let me ask a follow-up here, at least from my perspective. And this also comes from somebody who's playing the Bengals this week, right? So this is very like I'm, I'm being selfish here and asking a question for me. Is there something, and you watched the Cowboy game, right? Did you watch the first game that they played or just the Cowboy game? I watched the first game live, and then I did the deep dive on the on the Dallas game. Okay. Is there something that, and you mentioned it, that the, he's not getting blitzed anything abnormal, right? It's, it's He's not getting pressured absolutely crazy compared to the rest of the league. Is there something that defenses are doing schematically to confuse him? Are they giving him exotic looks where he thinks pressure is coming and instead it is still four and he can't identify where the pressure is coming from? Is there something exotic that's happening or is this just straight? He's not, he's trying to make a big play and he's not taking what's available to him. I think Dallas did a good job of muddying up the picture a little bit in front of him and, and, threatening a lot of gaps by walking up some linebackers, but really only rushing four a lot of the times. They drop a lot of guys out, but it was a bit of a test to the offensive line to say, okay, who's coming, right? And there were some communication breakdowns, not necessarily that they just allowed free runners, but just maybe not sliding correctly, not helping in the right areas that you know where the numbers were. They weren't necessarily getting to those spots. And so you had some situations where Dallas was able to outflank them a little bit with their rush. But what I think this really comes down to is they're executing enough quick game, right? And there's numbers that back that up with depth of target and and how quick overall Joe Burrow gets the ball out of his hands. They're hitting the quick stuff, but it's it's when they want to get those opportunities to work the ball down the field. It's where Joe is a little bit too unwilling to say, you know what? Nope, it's not there. Let me get my eyes down to the 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 shallow portions of the field and find answers there as opposed to continuing to kind of sit in the pocket and, and hope for those plays to develop down the field and ultimately getting sacked. And so I don't know that it's, it's as much of what the defense is doing as it is more about Joe Burrow, not feeling pressure, not getting his eyes to the right places and not moving within the pocket intelligently. When do you think – how do you think the narrative progresses from here? 
right? Because it's it's <laughs> one of those things, and you, you see, like, the narrative can change, but it usually changes well after the facts change, mm-hmm. right? So when when does it become, oh, when does it not become, oh, poor Joe Burrow and his island of misfit toys up front? And when does it become Joe needs to walk the tightrope more efficiently and not fly so close to the sun? Well, I, I get nervous about it ever getting to the point where people are willing to kind of put this more on Joe Burrow, because I think people like to align with the thing that they like. And the thing that people like is Joe Burrow. He's a fun quarterback with a great personality and he's a great player. And, and I believe all those things, but it's easier to blame the thing that you don't have as much of an invested interest in, right? It's easy to say, well, the Bengals said they fixed the offensive line and they didn't, right? Like that's the cool thing to say. That's the trendy thing. It's easy to fall in line and watch a game in real time and see Joe Burrow under heat and say, wow, they, the Bengals still can't get the offensive line right. They're going to ruin right. Joe Burrow, right? People right. just want to fall into that. Well, watch the tape and ask yourself the question, why? And if you do that, you're going to come away with an understanding, even even – if that understanding is not what you want to hear and what you want to believe. But I think that in plurality, the reason Joe Burrow is getting sacked so much is because of him. And what I came away very disappointed with when watching the Bengals uh, against Dallas in particular was I expected the L's to come from the interior, right? You got the you know, rookie left guard and Volson, uh, new player in Kappa coming over from Tampa. You know, you kind of uh, Ted Karras, uh, kind of a journeyman, versatile interior swing guy. Your, your your big ticket guys are your tackles. Lyle Collins, you know, uh, handsomely played right tackle. Your first round pick in Jonah Williams. That's where the elves were coming, man. It was those guys. Those guys were getting worked. And, you know, I, I think since he does ask a lot out of tight ends and pass pro and, and even backs at times, and, it, you know, Drew Sample certainly took a big time L against Dorrance Armstrong in the game. But I expected there to be a lot more interior problems from the Bengals, and, and I got – I got pocket width problems a whole lot more than I did pocket depth problems. Anything else you want to impress on the people, not impress the people, but impress on the people after checking the tape on Joe Burrow. I would say just watch the Bengals with this renewed mindset, right? When you watch the Bengals next, it's against the jets, right? Watch it and and start to ask yourself questions. Why is this happening? Why? And, And, See if you can sort it out and, and see if it your takeaways align with mine. But I, I think that's would be my my I would charge everyone to watch it with the with the perspective of, hey, maybe this is a little bit on Joe Burrow. And I think you'll be uh surprised at what you find. Uh speaking of surprised, um I'd be surprised if there ever was a better speaker out there than the Sonos Ray soundbar that's now sitting in my living room and uh giving me the best sound quality I've ever experienced. And man, I it's been awesome having it for the uh the football season, the audio is so good, but and I still love watching House of Dragon and, and some of the TV shows. Uh, my wife and I, we uh, we love Yellowstone, and um, it's just so good through that speaker, man. We love playing music through it. My daughter always wants to dance, Kyle. I'm sure you're living this world too. So we just, it's so easy. I just have my phone, right. Spotify, boom, send it through the Sonos Ray, and we're having a dance party in the middle of the living room. Yeah, about three times a day. So uh, if you want to have this uh, this high level soundbar, easy to use, easy to set up. Great sound in your living room. Fills up the entire house. Check out the Sonos Ray soundbar and check it out over at Sonos.com. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Okay, I checked the tape as well. Uh, I had a sick kiddo at home and was up at 3.30 this morning and said, you know what? I'm going to check the tape. A lot of tape. Can grind a lot of tape that early in the morning. It was about three three hours worth of grinding the tape. And uh, it will not come as a surprise that the uh, the all 22 that I elected to choose in that flexible, fluid, kind of house money time was none other than the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm here to sing the praises of a player who I believe is a top 15, top 10. Well, maybe top 10 interior run defender in all of the NFL. This would be about Zach Seiler. This is the gospel (laughs) of Zach Seiler here on this Tuesday episode of the show. Chris, what what can you tell me about Zach Seiler? I can tell you absolutely nothing about Zach Seiler. That's exactly the bit that I was hoping for because there are a lot of people who don't know who was it that said diddly poo was that uh jim Jim mora mora jim mora yeah Yeah, jim mora people don't know diddly poo about zach sealer and we need to start having the conversation and and zach sealer by the way has played over 75 percent of the defensive snaps for the miami dolphins in each of the last two games that they have played uh, and that is a massive, massive, massive jump for Zach Sealer, who originally hailed from Ferris State. Uh, I believe, I believe he was the final draft selection in the history of Ozzie Newsome draft selections. Really, he was the 238th pick in the seventh round of the 2018 NFL draft. Ozzie Newsome's final pick, Zach Sealer from Ferris State. The Dolphins claimed Zach Sealer in 2019 off the waiver wire in the midst of their quote-unquote tank for Tua season. And he has promptly rewarded the team with some of the most unheralded play on the defensive interior that you will find across the league. In 2019, uh, he played uh, just a handful of games for Miami. And then in 2020, played 52% of the defensive snaps. 2021, played 46% of the defensive snaps. He's played 78% of the snaps through the first two games of the 2022 season. And Zach Sealer, um, if you ever want to find him throughout the course of a game, wait for third or fourth and two or less. Because he's the guy who's going to shoot the gap and create the penetration in the bubble that throws everything off. And he did it twice against Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore obviously ran the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, and then Miami threw an interception on their opening possession of the game. The Ravens went 18 plays for nearly 11 minutes and came up with zero points on that possession because of a goal line stand that started on a first and goal from the two from the Dolphins in that possession. And Zach Sealer... In the midst of that possession, Lamar Jackson and Tyler Linderbaum had a missed exchange on the fourth down play that was a turnover on downs. Sealer swims up over top of the left guard and creates the penetration 
that then in turn allows the linebackers to flow up behind him and, and create the pile on one of their first or second down runs. And he did the same thing against New England, where he literally swims up over top in a short yardage situation. Well, then later in the game, the Ravens are clinging to this lead in the fourth quarter, and they elect to go for a fourth and one again and keep the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands. And they run QB to the perimeter. And it's a QB power. Zach Sealer gets penetration upfield to the front side of the formation, and his penetration picks off both the pulling offensive lineman and the split flow defender and forces them to bubble just enough and get enough depth that now they've lost their angles to get fit on the edge. And it's it's weekly. Zach Sealer continues to provide the kind of impact in the running game, and he's not the starting nose tackle. Raekwon Davis is. He's not one of the starting defensive, interior defensive linemen in their base odd front because that's Emmanuel Agba and, and that's Christian Wilkins. Zach Sealer's the fourth interior defensive lineman on this team, and I think he could start for more than half the teams in the NFL, potentially as a three technique. And he gets, I mean, he gets after the quarterback as well. And the last year he had... Uh, the last two years, he's had five and a half sacks. And remember, he's played less than 50%, 52% of the snaps the last two seasons combined. So Zach Sealer is a player who a lot of people don't know because he was a seventh round pick from Ferris State and didn't have a lot of prominent college footprint. And then he gets cut by the Ravens. And he has just steadily progressed into one of the more underrated interior defensive linemen in all of football. So... I guess this is something interesting is as you were talking, I, you know, I'm looking up Zach Sealer information and so far through this season, he's played the most snaps of any defensive lineman on this yeah. team. It's, and you look at defensively overall, you'd expect the guys, the first four, Holland Baker, Xavier Howard, Brandon Jones. Those are the four most frequent, um, in terms snap of takers. on the field snap takers and number five, Zach Sealer more than, any other player that I didn't just name, you think that's more okay? Patriots, Ravens, and like it, it called for more uh, that type of skill set, or is this like is this going to be a thing? Is he going to be this frequently used moving forward? Yeah, I I think first of all there there's a vacancy here, and the team waived Adam Butler at the start of training camp with an injury. And Adam Butler was, of course, from the New England system, familiar with kind of the stunt games um, that the Dolphins run as far as manufacturing pressures, targeting certain gaps in certain matchups. And that comes with a lot of two and three man stunts in games. And, and Sealer being in this system since 2019, he's obviously now logged the reps and kind of built the familiarity in uh, what a U stunt is versus what a a Mac stunt is right. Like all these different examples of the specifics of this, this defensive system, this is his fourth year in it. So I think there's, there's a natural progression for, I think he can play three technique and they've obviously seen the opportunity to get him on the field in passing situations where that had been Adam Butler's role in years past. And then I just got done getting off the soapbox talking about how in short yardage, you know, Miami is traditionally or typically a gap control defense. Now, and Christian Wilkins and, and Zach Sealer alike are both very capable in, in penetration opportunities, but Sealer's just got this incredible nose for actually making the play. 
and freeing up his teammates to make the play even when he's in an attack role or he himself. And he's done it three times in two games. And he he has uh, was was a critical role in Miami kind of bowing their back defensively and giving up 10 points um, in, in the final two quarters of this football game in which Lamar and the Ravens had all these explosive plays all over the field. They had a 70-plus yard touchdown pass. They had a 70-plus touchyard run. They had a kickoff. I mean, they, they had explosive plays all over the field. So for Miami to kind of buckle down the way that they did uh, and, and the turnovers on downs being obviously critical in a three-point win, uh, Sealer has just had his fingerprints all over everything, and I, I really expect the usage rate that he's on is going to continue. Last question I have for you on Sealer. Um, you talk about run stuffers in the middle of a defense. I don't know. I start thinking 330 pounds, 350 pounds. <laughs> Well, Sealers, is he 300 pounds? Like 297 on the roster. Right. So what what makes him such a, a really dynamic interior run defender despite not necessarily having the mass you would expect for a guy that thrives in that type of role? Well, I think this is where the Dolphins' defense does come into play a little bit in, in that they like a lot of bare fronts, right? And, and that occupies all three of those interior offensive linemen for opposing teams. And when you kind of naturally have that, you you do your best to eliminate the consistency of the double team, right? So I, I think he is put in a position based on when Miami does try to either in their goal line packages and your your hat for hat across the board, or you're down in your bear and your mint fronts and you're you're occupying the interior trio, and then you've got your athletic types walked up outside of that. Uh, you, you've kind of eliminated some of the opportunities to really wash where the anchor is more important. But Sealer leverages really well. He's really quick out of the blocks. And uh, his hand usage in these situations, you could go back to the 2020 game against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they they had a fourth down uh, near midfield where they tried to go for it in a tie game late and and manufacture a first down to milk more clock and potentially drain the clock and kick a game-winning field goal or go score a game-winning touchdown. It was Zach Sealer on the spot back in 2020 in that contest where he blew up a, a, a run stuff and allowed the, the Dolphins offense to take the field, kick the game-winning field goal. So um, leverage, quickness, hand technique, instincts. I think that that's the package for Zach Sealer in addition to a system that really allows him to, uh, to not be tested in the ways that you would typically associate with a, a guy who's right around 300 pounds as a run defender. Shall we? You guys ready to lie a little bit? Yes. So I for am. those of you who are new and don't know what two truths and a lie are, each of us have prepared three statements that we are going to read to the other members of the show. And it is up to those other members to work together. They can work separately if they'd like. Normally working together is good on this show to figure out which one is which two are the truths and which one is the lie. And then we can take those statements and have whatever conversation we want about them. Does anybody feel strongly about their three that they would like to go first? Nay. And I'm not a horse. Just mean it's also, it's also it's also not international talk like a horse day. Joe, why don't you go first? All right. So I have I have uh, here we go. Here we go. All right. So which of the following do I not believe? So which of the following statements does Joe Marino not actually believe? Two of these I believe. One of these I don't. Real quick, Kyle, we're going to work together on this. We're not going to be adversaries. Uh, correct. But if we okay. get it wrong, I'm probably going to blame, blame you. Regardless. That's fine. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That's fine. Wise. Okay, shall we? You ready? Yeah. Yes. Sure. Statement number one. 
The 49ers win the NFC West. The 49ers win the NFC West. Statement number two. We get a 2,000-yard receiver this year. Number three, the Jaguars win the AFC South. So the 49ers win the NFC West. We get a 2,000-yard receiver this year. And the Jaguars win the AFC South. I believe two of those statements. I don't believe one of them. All right. Kyle, just let me let me make my case for one that I think is truthful. I have one that I think is false. So I'll be interested to see which way you I do if you flag one. I think I think Joe believes that the 49ers will win the the NFC West. I believe with Jimmy Garoppolo now at the quarterback, the Rams have not looked good through two weeks. Yeah. He already I, did this sales pitch yesterday. Right. He's so like, I know what they have. I know what they yeah, are now. I know what they are now. And he, he's a big are. believer in the rest of the yeah, roster. Yeah, look, he's all mad. Yeah. He's all yeah, mad. I think, yeah, I think that one is that one's definitely truthful. So I'm now, in on I'm in with you on that one. So which one do you think is false? Because maybe we can just this is easy for us. I mean, we had the conversation yesterday on the staff meeting about Jacksonville. Their odds. If you're a betting person, but wait, but wait, he he said, "Are we just going to forget about the? Are we just going to forget about the the Titans? Because we were talking about the Colts. Now the Titans did lose last night and they went to zero and two. But Joe was kind of talking about them as a potential team. The Titans, yeah, he was like, "Don't forget about the Titans in that division. Oh, the, the team with the NFL worst minus thirty five point point differential it's, in the first few weeks of the season. It's, that it's one. True. So do you do you think he made it? He made that quick of a reversal after watching yeah. him on Monday Night Football? He might have two thousand yards though. That's the part number. that who who do number. we who do we think that that's going to go for two thousand? I mean, AJ Brown certainly giving it giving it a run. Justin Jefferson. Jefferson got clamped at, last night. Maybe look at some of the receiving leaders in the NFL. Tyree See, look Kill. at I, well, I know the receiving uh, leaders in the NFL include Tyreek Hill and Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs and Jalen Waddle and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Do you think he's doing something here? Do you think he's trying to push us towards the, the guess that one? Or do you think he's just... I'm going to talk like he's not there because I, I I don't want him to influence my decision. I, I think he will... I think the Jaguars is the lie. You have six receivers that already have 200. Right, and Tyreek's almost pace. at 300 through two games. You have six receivers that are on pace for... What would that be? Seventeen hundred. Well, and and the Miami guys will sort themselves out. I don't think it's a st- sustainable pace for them to produce at one hundred and forty-two and one hundred twenty yards per game. But Stephon Diggs is humming like crazy, and Cooper Cup is all the Rams really have in the passing game. If we're being honest, so I I can see the pathway for those two guys, and I think Joe's going to say, let's not panic completely. It's still too early sure. in the season. Jacksonville, I think they're further away. They're not going to win the AFC South. You you've sold me. I'm in. I'm I'm in with that. The that Jaguars story. winning the AFC South is the lie. I do not believe we get a two thousand yard receiver this year. I think the Jaguars do win the South. Damn. So you did watch Monday Night Football last night and just completely changed your mind. I mean, did you? you yeah, so yeah, the yeah, I saw yeah, the game. Did you see the Titans? Yeah, I saw the game. Great. It wasn't great. <laughs> Woo! Aaron Brewer um, out here looking like me blocking. Bro. Well, he's only about 50 pounds more than you, so. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Chris, please. Please continue. I want to ma- make it clear that there was no pre-communication here because two, no, of, we, minors, two of mine are similar to Joe's. That's but I, I, won't tell, I went first. 
But I didn't give any thought. I didn't give you, you didn't get any inclination from me about how I feel about these things. But All two right. of mine are similar. The Jaguars are the team best positioned right now in the AFC South. The 49ers are the best team in the NFC West. <laughs> the Giants have a shot to be a playoff team. What, what What's the criteria here? What are we trying to figure out? Which one of these is the lie, right? Yeah, that's the way the games play, Joe. Okay. We're working together, Kyle. I would like to if you would like to. Can you can you restate your Giants? A- absolutely. The Giants have a shot to be a playoff team. Okay, Kyle, I don't think the Giants have a shot to be the playoff team. I they're would agree two, with you. They're 2 and 0, but like they're kind of like they're a they sus 2. They don't and have the stuff, man. They don't have the stuff. Like I'm right. excited about Dayball, go Giants, all that stuff, but like it, it, it but do I think that, Joe? That's the question. You yeah, might think that's that. where I was going to get with this. And do I think that? How does Chris, based on our interactions with Chris, what's Chris's appetite for the Giants? Like, I know he's a Jets fan, New York native, but like... I think they don't like each other. Right, but where does Chris fall on that? This is not the approach that I thought you would take to figuring out which one's the lie, but... Can we just hear the other ones again? Absolutely. I'll read them again for you. The Jaguars are the team best positioned right now in the AFC South. The 49ers are the best team in the NFC West. The Giants have a shot to be a playoff team. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit more about this 49ers thing in terms of Chris's lens because he's kind of dialed in on that division. The best team in the AFC West. Didn't he pick up? He thought they were like going to win the division last year, right? He's a big time into the 49ers. And what's different now? Nothing. Yeah, it's true. The other and the other like we know the other teams are bad. Yeah, does Chris believe that though? He definitely yes, believes Arizona he does. Is bad. Yeah, he knows Arizona. He's out on the Rams. What's his appetite on the Rams? He's heard us talk a lot about the Rams, and we okay. are out on the Rams. So I think we've we've bared our influence on him, and you can tell that that was factual because he just looked down into his left twice. Maybe, so he thinks maybe. that's true. Yeah, he broke. So eye he contact no, he said Forty Niners are mm-hmm. in. What is your Forty ers The best are in best team in the NFC West. I'm in okay. on that. He believes that, right? So that's yeah. true. And the Jaguars, I think from a uh, arithmetic standpoint, you can look at where they are at. And that's a pretty easy case to be made, right? It's Giants. I think it's a Giants. Giants being a, a chance to be a playoff team is the lie. That is correct. Yes, that would be the that would be the lie. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I am I am with uh Joe on the Jags and I am in on the 49ers. I think you you just know what you got in a quarterback now, and you got a division that's just open. You know what you got? You got talent all over the place. They're going to do exactly what they did last year. They went to the NFC Championship game last year. They're going to be that that caliber of a team this year. I'm in. All right, Kyle, your turn. Are we ready? Yeah. Hopefully you don't have any crossover to Joe and I did. Joe, also, <laughs> great minds think alike. Great minds think alike on that. We didn't have any conversation about that. <sighs> okay. I am going to – my presentation is going to be very deliberate. Okay. 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 And it's it's for for the scent. It's for the scent. Okay. We're working together, Joe? Um, always. Okay, sure. We will have two NFL head coaches fired before December. Okay. That's one. Okay. Number two. The Buffalo Bills will be the final undefeated team in the NFL this season. That's two. Okay. And number three, the 
vitriol that exists for quarterback to a tongue of Aloha of the Miami Dolphins is misplaced and instead should be directed at Arizona's Kyler Murray. That is three. Wow. If you'd like me to elaborate on that one, because I know that's... that's no, no, I, I think I, I think I, I got it. what you're, the, it's, what you're It's not the same yeah. narratives as shortcomings, yeah, yeah. but it's like the narrative about who the player is. Yep, 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 yep. yep. All right. So, Joe, you want you want to attack this one at a time, Joe? Yes. So the coaching one, I think, is definitely true. If I had if I had to yeah, lean one way or the other. Now, the hard. only thing was he was very specific about saying December. And yesterday we talked about Matt Rule, and he said he's probably going to get fired on the bye week, which would be like week 13. And I don't know if that's – is that December? Or, I don't want us to get into week this thing. Week 13 we, is December 1st. Uh, week 13 starts Thursday night, December 1st. Okay, so then I, then I think we would be well within our right to think he thinks okay. Matt Rule is going to get fired. Right, we need two. And we need it. We need one more. Yeah. Take the field, and there's one more. Right, but wait, but okay, but wait. I I don't think I don't think we can comfortably take the field here. We got to have names. We got to have options. Okay. Because they're not gonna. I don't think Josh McDaniels is going anywhere. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's no. going anywhere. No. Is Ron Rivera going to get fired midseason? That doesn't seem like something that they would no. have an appetite for doing. They don't need bad PR. They don't need to fire no. a good man like Ron Rivera. Okay, so candidates, other can Arthur Smith, Frank Reich. That's probably Frank the, Reich. That's, pro that's probably a good one. Arthur Smith, probably not a bad one. I don't think they're going to fire Mike McCarthy in the season. Right, right. We learned Ray told us that they're not firing him in season. We, we came up with two extra names. All right, I want to put that one to the side mm. right now. I'm not sure how mm. I feel about that. Mm. Mm. The second okay. one was the second one was what again, Kyle? The Bills second one is that the Buffalo season. Bills would be the last undefeated team in the NFL this season. You think this man's really going to come up here and the week that they play the Dolphins and make that statement? There's and only there's six one. undefeated teams right now, right? The Dolphins, Bills, correct. Chiefs, Giants. Who's the other one? Eagles. Oh, the Bucks. Eagles and Bucks. Okay, here's the thing about the Bills. They play at Miami this week, and in week six, they play at Kansas City. Right, but but Joe, but Joe, like, let's just look at this logically. Do you think Kyle J. Krabs, Dolphins fan, who at every middle initial is not J for everybody keeping score at home? Please continue. For every for every time that our teams interact with each other, he roots and it goes. Nope, my team's going to win. Your team stinks. We do this whole thing. The week that they play the Bills, he's going to come out and make this statement. I don't see it. You think that Kyle's going to sit here and and say that he thinks the Bills are going to beat the Dolphins, like and like make a thing about it today? No, I think I think he's going to think the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills. That's why this one's the lie. Okay, well let's entertain that for a second. I've told him that I thought the I've said it before the season. I thought the Dolphins would. Didn't win this we game. pick this game for the Dolphins when we did the right? But that was reluctant. Kyle and I had a we talked beforehand. He said, "Okay, well I'm not going to be the one that's going to say it. It's going to be on you, and I'll just go along with it." And that's what happened. Vitri said the anger towards Tua should be directed towards Kyler. Kyler, is that an specific. opinion? That's yeah. Right. It's very specific. So that one's definitely truthful. It's always Kyle so that think, give me the most trouble. They really you do. Think just, that it's Kyle, the presentation that gets me. Kyle believes that anyone mad at Tua should deflect their anger towards Kyler. That's probably true. Kyle does probably believe that. And then to, to do the Joe Marino special, 
if the if the second statement's the lie, then I get the field on all those other teams being the last team standing with an undefeated record. You think it's two? I, I you think he you, he's he's probably saying between the Dolphins, the Bills have at Dolphins, at Ravens, home against Pittsburgh, at Kansas City. There's have you a seen loss the Eagles in there, right? Have you seen the Eagles schedule? Okay, no, but Com- let, we can look at it right now. Commanders, Jaguars, Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, dubs. Commanders. Dubs. There's a lot of dubs in there and not yeah. a lot of L's being handed okay, out. So Eagles are off. Giants are off. We're, we're, they're going to lose a game. Kansas City is at Indy, at Tampa, Vegas, Buffalo, at San Francisco. Does he think they're going to lose at Tampa? Either either way, one of those teams is going to lose there, though. Well, unless they tie, but but that's not this week. Can can I can you read the second statement again, Kyle? The Buffalo Bills will be the last undefeated team in the NFL this season. Take number two. Joe, I really think that's the line. I don't think I don't think Kyle's going to open up this okay. week. That's fine. Then, 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 what's the other? Then, what's the lie? Then, because you just told me you agree that that's what he thinks about Kyler, and we just got to the head coach thing. So we, well, then we're back at square one. We're back. No, at the I beginning. think that he only thinks one's going to be hired, fired before December. Well, I don't I think do two's, the, two's the problem. I think that's the lie. All right, for there's the sake no of, way Kyle's I, doing I, this today. I love this game. For the, for the <laughs> there's sake. no way Kyle's doing this today. I He's not coming you, out here and saying the Bills lose. The I Dolphins love this today. game. So what I what I love about this game the most is. When when you put the two people who have to guess together in a, in the same room, like Joe and I are the worst at this because Joe and I can never agree. Like Joe and I will just talk in circles. We'll never come to an agreement on something. Joe, if Case you re- if you Case Joe, if you point. really well, Joe, we can really, go down differently. We've got to this point. We can abandon ship. You look can, how red can, Chris is. He's very stressed. This is stressful. Right. I want to get this like, right. This is really first, serious. It's the first one. I want to be off to a good start. I got the well. I got you Joe's. whipped on mine. You already got one wrong. I, I came to the table and I got us correct on the second one. Didn't we get? I thought we got Joe's, didn't we? No, I said the lie was a two thousand yard receiver. You guys went oh, with the right. Jaguars. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right, then we don't yeah, have to do I'm, this together. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to abandon chip then. Screw, screw okay. you, Joe. I'm I'm going to submit Watch my guess. Watch this wrong. That's <laughs> the Bills. The Bills are not the lie. The second one's the lie. The second one's the lie for me. No, I think the lie is two NFL head coaches will be fired before December. We do have a winner. <laughs> in our ranks. And his name is Joe Marino. Yeah. Oh, it hurts so much. <laughs> no, yeah, I had the right read there. I had the right read there. Kyle was not going to start this week that we have to coexist together by coming out and I, saying that. And here's the thing. Until the Dolphins beat the Bills, I am never going to say the Dolphins are going to beat the Bills. Right. You've said that I'm a never thousand say times. So, and they have the best roster in the NFL. A lot of guys hurt, man. A lot of guys. They hurt. they they do have a lot of guys banged up. Uh, it was great to see uh, the the update that came for Dane Jackson. Um, obviously, very scary injury injury yesterday. But um, I just look at top to top to bottom what they've assembled in Buffalo. And if I'm going to take any team out of the field to be the last one standing as an undefeated team, it has nothing to do with this week against who they're playing. And just say the odds are in the favor of the best team in the league from a roster perspective, and they're very well coached to be the last team that does not have a loss. Well, I think Kansas city at Tampa before Buffalo plays at Kansas city, 
it could be all settled there. But it might be the Eagles, though. Honestly, it might be the friggin' Eagles. They got the Dude, clearest path. I looked at their schedule last night because a buddy was like, man, the Eagles might be good. And I'm like, well, let's just take a peek here. And well, like, they, they are good, but holy are, cow. <laughs> the schedule, like, they might win 13 games just because of their schedule. Right. Well, they're also a good football team. Let's not take anything away. From I don't them, think right? their 13 wins good. Yeah, but if you're an, if you're eleven wins good in the ball, I mean, like you have, you guys, know, there's variables. Let's let's just talk about the road games that they have. Dude, Their they road get games good, are they Washington, get, Arizona, yep. they get Houston, Indianapolis, they get, New York Giants, Chicago Bears, Dallas Cowboys. Wow, that's it. They, that they is every road game the Philadelphia Eagles will play this season. Read read the read the home games because they get all the breaks for their out of their out of division road games. Jacksonville at home, Dallas at home, Pittsburgh at home, Washington at home. Green Bay, Tennessee, back-to-back at home. New Orleans, January 1st at home. New York Giants. They get every break. Yeah, they don't even have to go to the hard places. Nope, they don't have to go to Green Bay. They don't have to go to New Orleans. They don't have to go to Tennessee. They don't have to go. They bring a dome team to their place in in January. In January. January. Yeah. They're going to be mowing them down. I mean, sit sit here and do the math. I mean, there's, what do you, what do you go, 10 and and 5 over that stretch is probably a very modest expectation and that would be, give that would give you 12 wins. Be the one seed. Could be. Could be. But this was good fun. Uh, I'm glad we did this and we we checked the tape. We did two truths and a lie. Uh tomorrow, Chris oh, on the show, what does everybody have to look forward to? So it is back. We don't know what we're doing yet. <laughs> Tier maker Wednesdays are back Tier on maker the show. Tier maker Wednesday. Um, scout speak new segment where we're going to get into some technical analysis on a topic and then honorary dude, where we're going to have somebody join the program. I don't, Ooh, do we have that locked down yet. Show. Do we have that locked down yet. Well, you're the producer. I don't know. I, I, I had made a suggestion. It's not locked down yet. I, I'm working on it. Working behind right. the scenes. Very hard. Cool. On it. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us here today on the show. Thanks to our friends over at Ben online for their continued support. Thanks to all of you for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.